Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Welcome to The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. Hi, guys. Welcome back. New week, new episode of The Bad Broadcast. Happy Monday. My name is Maddie. I am your host. And I'm also, as many husbands have so lovingly put it, their wives' weird internet friend, which I am happy to be. That feels, it feels like a badge of honor. I'm actually really glad that that's how people think of me. So last week, I announced our new opening segment, which I'm calling Love Hate, three things from this week that I loved and three things from this week that I hated. So let's let's get the loves out of the way because we got some hate things to talk about. So number one on my list of things I'm I loved this week, new true crime docuseries on Netflix called This is a Robbery. And it's about the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum heist in Boston. It's the largest, I guess, most expensive art heist in history, and it's still unsolved. So it's a really cool docuseries. This is a robbery. There's also a really good podcast about this called Last Scene. And I really like it. Well, I really like true crime. And I feel like it's very rare when you find a true crime documentary or podcast that's different than anything else you've heard. And this one definitely is because it's not about murder or kidnapping. It's about art and the mob gets involved. It's it's very interesting. So that's number one on my list. Number two on my list of things I'm loving, a TikTok content creator named Kate. That's that's her username. It's literally just K-A-T-E. And she's so funny. She, I feel like her and I would be best friends if I could just figure out how to meet her. She does food videos, try-on videos. I like this style of TikToking that has become more popular like the last few months. Normally, social media is so hyper curated, right? Everybody's planning out all of their videos, all of their posts, making sure their feed is, you know, cohesive. And TikTok is so much more casual and so much more fun because people almost treat it like their Instagram stories. Like they just, they film everything that they do and they post it. Like a lot of users, a lot of TikTok users will post like 15 to 20 videos a day. And I really like that. It just feels like a breath of fresh air on social media. So yeah, I love Kate. She calls herself Big Daddy or Large Father, which I love. I think it's hilarious. She has really cool merch. And yeah, I just, I like her videos a lot. And if, I mean, if anybody out there has a connection, Kate, if you're listening, just give me a chance. Just let me take you out on one, one date. (laughs) I think we could get along. 
That was a weird joke. All right. Uh, the third thing that I love this week. Oh, guys, Trader Joe's breakfast burritos. Have you guys had these? They're the chicken sausage breakfast burritos. I don't know why I'm laughing. At, I'm laughing at me asking Kate out on a date on my podcast. Okay, listen. Trader Joe's breakfast burritos. They're they're chicken sausage. They're in a in a brown wrapper and they're in the refrigerated section not the frozen section they're they're by the other burritos oh my gosh i've eaten eight in the last like three days because they're so delicious do you guys get in food cycles like i get really really obsessed with the food and i have to eat it every single day for like two weeks until i'm sick of it and then i find another one well right now we're on trader joe's breakfast burritos so uh, that's my third thing that I love. All right, those are out of the way. Now let's get to the fun stuff, the stuff I hated this week. All right, number one on things I just really hated this week was everybody forgetting, I guess, that Colton Underwood stalked his ex so heavily that she had to take out a restraining order against him. Like, I'm super happy for him that he came out and that he's, you know, living his best life, living his truth, fully in support of that. Absolutely not a problem. However, I don't think it like somehow erases that he put a tracker on his ex-girlfriend's car. Like she had to go to the police. I'm sure it was just incredibly traumatizing for her. And now it's being kind of swept under the rug. And I just, I feel bad for her. Her name's Cassie. And... Yeah, I don't know, Cassie, I think her last name is Randolph. I just, I feel bad. I mean, it would be really hard to go through something like that with an ex and then have them being like totally celebrated and nobody is bringing up the fact that he caused a lot of pain and and trouble in her life. So don't love that. I just, you know, Colton season of Bachelor. I think that was where I think that was the nail in the coffin for when I when I really was like, okay, I'm I'm done. Because and I watched a little bit of Tasha's season because I thought it would be like super exciting. I didn't watch any of Matt's season and I don't know, Bachelor is is extremely tired. Like I've said it before and I'll say it again, they got to make some serious changes for people to regain interest. You know what I think they should add? Cash prize everything gets gets a little bit messier when there's 500k at the finish line. That's what I think they should add. Do you guys remember Bachelor Pad? Bachelor Pad was before Bachelor in Paradise. This was, oh my gosh, it had to be like 10 plus years ago. And it wasn't it wasn't about love. It was about money. That's what I want to watch. All right. Number 2, things that I hate this week. Oh, all I put was lip zits. Because I have two lip or zits on my upper lip and one on the inner rim of my left nostril. And let me go ahead and name things that sound more pleasurable than zits on your top lip. All right, um, giving birth, uh, breaking your femur, uh, being burned at the stake in 1300 Salem. I don't know. So yeah, I the only notes I took on this were ouch. And that seems appropriate. So hating those for me. All right. Number three of things I hate this week. I hate, I hate couples who say they don't fight. Why? Why is that the lie that you're sticking to? If you're in a marriage and you have never been in a fight and you truly believe you never will, like you should be teaching classes. You should have a book. You should be running countries. If you actually think 
that you are in a marriage that has never fought. You are the first couple to ever accomplish that. I just, I feel like people don't talk about this enough. And then young couples who fight get freaked out. Obviously, there's a line. I mean, if it's getting extensive or violent, th- those are not good. That's that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the little like petty arguments or times that you're bugged with each other or miscommunications or things like that. And I am so sick of couples who say that doesn't happen because it absolutely does. And let me, you know what? I'll just tell you the last thing that Matt and I fought about. All right. It was at about 3.30 this morning. Yes, I said 3.30 a.m. So Matt went and got tofu because he wanted to snuggle. And Matt is very attached to tofu. So Matt laid down with tofu and I threw a blanket over them because tofu likes to be underneath blankets. He likes a little, a little fort. So apparently I threw the blanket too hard and I knocked tofu over. All right, let me preface this by saying that tofu was fine. He he endures much worse on a daily basis. He literally runs headfirst into the wall like often. You know, I'm I'm a little bit worried about him. Anyway, so I knock tofu over. Matt sits up in a panic and he's holding tofu like a small human baby. And he's like, are you hurt? Are you okay, buddy? Did she hurt you? Did she hurt you? And I was like, are you kidding me? How passive aggressive can you be? Like, you're trying to make me feel bad, even though he's totally fine. And he was like, no, you really hurt him. You really hurt him. And I was like, except I didn't. And also it was on accident. And he was like, I just feel like you should apologize to Tofu. That's what he said to me at 4 a.m. in the morning. He was scolding me for not apologizing to my cat. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry, Tofu. And he was like, he's not in here. And I'm like, okay, Eliza Thornberry, why don't you communicate to him that I am sorry? Because apparently you're so in tune with his feelings. And so I apologized to Tofu. And I'm like, now I want an apology from you because you were being really passive aggressive. And Matt was like, well, I'll say sorry, but I still think I'm right. Okay, tip number one, never add that on to your apology, but I still think I'm right. Anyway, so he said that I turned over, I fell asleep and I forgot to to follow up with it in the morning, actually, because you know what? You know what is terrible advice? Never go to bed angry. It's terrible advice. I go to bed angry all the time. And by the time I wake up, I've completely forgotten about what I was mad about. It feels like a really good thing. I mean, if it's like petty, you know, like the thing I just described, I'm not saying if you have a major life issue, but the little things I feel like you should just, just sleep it off. Um, All right. That is my list of things. You know, I should add James Charles onto here because I cannot stand James Charles. I did an episode. It was forever ago. I did an episode on like YouTube drama and I didn't go into it super deep, but I went deep enough to know that I like if you are making an apology video once every six months, maybe it's time. I just feel like these celebrities need like an inner circle that keeps them grounded. This is how I feel about Rachel Hollis too. I feel like somebody from her inner circle needs to be like, okay, this is not working. What you're doing is not working. I feel like James Charles needs that. They just surround themselves with other abnormally famous teenagers and none of them are making sound decisions. Like they need somebody to be like, okay, maybe like, maybe take a break from the internet or like maybe stop DMing people or maybe this is not like... It is just, it's crazy to me that these celebrities continue to have to apologize and then literally nothing changes. (sighs) 
All right. So I guess that was four things that I was hating this week, but you get the point. All right. Now, oh, I'm so amped for this next part. We are doing a huge dum dum club check in because we haven't done these in a while and I just really love them. And if you are new or you don't know what the dum dum club is, it is things that you learned way too late in life or just dumb things that you did that you didn't know were dumb until later on. And these are fun. They're fun. They, they give us a little giggle. But I also, we we take it to a deeper level where this is like, the Dum Dum Club has made me so much happier and so much more okay being wrong. And I used to feel so much, so much shame, so much embarrassment when I would say something stupid or be wrong about something or mishear a lyric. And now I don't even care. Now I just add it to the list of dumb things I do and we get to laugh about it. So that's why I love the Dumb Dumb Club so much. So let's just, let's start these ones. They're so good today. Okay. First up, she says, when I first saw the trailer for the movie Brave, I couldn't quite figure out what the movie was about. I saw Merida riding on her horse, but her cloak was covering the lower half of her body, so you couldn't see her legs or feet. When my husband asked, what's this movie about? I said, I don't know. I think it's about a girl who has horse feet and she's trying to change them. He looked at me like, what the hell are you talking about? I made him watch it again so I could explain. He then figured out my major dum-dum moment. The Scottish accent was so thick that when someone on the trailer asked, if you could change your fate, wouldn't you? I thought they were saying, if you could change your feet. Needless to say, <laughs> that is definitely not what the movie is about. I practiced for about seven minutes trying to figure out my Scottish accent so that I could say it to you guys. And, you know, nothing gives me the ick faster at myself when I try to do an accent and fail. So I'm just going to let you guys pause here and practice your Scottish accent by yourself, whoever you're listening to, and say, if you could change your fate, would you? And I will say it does sound a lot like feet. It does. It does. So Matt and I were talking about the Dum Dum Club, and we were saying how I love seeing people's path of how they got what they were thinking to make sense, like their reasoning between the dumb thing they did and why they just thought it was normal. It's honestly brilliant. Like a lot of the justifications for Dum Dum Club submissions are really smart. <laughs> like they're they're like smarter than just knowing the right thing. Like when people are like, well, I thought that this meant that. And so then I went to this conclusion and it's brilliant. You you guys are 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 very smart. All right, next. She says, this one is actually my husband's story. So back in high school, he and some friends were going through the P90X workout videos every day. And the main guy, <laughs> the main guy in the videos would be talking and he'd say, all right, I'm done chatting. Let's go do XYZ workout now. But when the guy said he was done chatting, my husband thought the guy was saying his name. Like I'm done chatting. D-U-N-N-C-H-A-T-T-O-N as his last name, done chatting. So years later, I was doing a P90X workout video and my husband comes in and he's like, oh man, that done chatting guy is so full of himself. He always says his own name. I had to explain to him that the guy's name was actually Anthony Sawyer Horton Jr. and that he was just saying he was done chatting. I actually don't know which name is worse, done chatting or Anthony Sawyer Horton Jr. I might go with done chatting. All right, next one. Okay, here's my application to the Dum Dum Club. This happened a while ago, but I've been too scared to send it in because it's so dumb, it hurts. 
Until a couple of years ago, I thought that the belly button lint, or I thought that belly button lint was something that the body produced and like excreted or something from the belly button. When I got married, I saw that my husband had a lot of belly button lint and I told him how amazed I was that his body created so much of it. He had to teach me that it came came from clothes and luckily we are still married. All right, first things first, give me a worse word than excretion. That's that's top tier. I I hate that word. Second thing, of all of the gross excretions that come from the body, somehow belly button lint would be the absolute grossest. Somehow that would top every other thing that comes out of an orifice. I don't know where that falls on the list of grossest body excretions. We could do a bracket. Do you guys want to do a bracket of like the grossest things that come out of a body? Okay, that sounds really fun. <laughs> Okay, next. For the longest time, I used to think that Jack Black was the main singer of ACDC. It took me a long time to figure that out, probably a solid five years. I think it was because of how much I watched School of Rock when I was younger. Okay, why does this make sense, though? Why why do I feel like it's like that meme going around where all of us thought that Annie and Hallie's mom in Parent Trap, who's played by Natasha Richardson, we all thought that was Princess Diana, right? Like, I definitely thought that was Princess Diana. And it just makes sense. Like, they just have the same the same vibes. I feel that way about Jack Black and ACDC. Same energy. Next. So, for a long time, I thought the sun and the moon were on a rotation. Like, they both traveled around us, east to west, but just at opposite times. Because, like, in cartoons, to show a long passage of time, they have the sun and moon rise and set in the same place over and over, you know? Anyway, I would get confused when the moon was out at the same time as the sun, and then it made sense since the moon rotates around the earth. Just a fun, dumb moment that I had way too late in life. All right, guys, we need to get we need to get really serious about this topic because space is not real. S- space is space is made up. I mean, like, how do we know for sure? How do we? When people say that, like, I looked it up. The nearest star is four million light years away. It would take eighty thousand years to get there like how how do we know that i i believe we went to the moon like 60 percent of the time i could be i could be convinced otherwise definitely i'm definitely open to that so anything with space yeah i just can't trust i can't trust it i can't trust it um okay next Hi, Maddie. I'm a huge, huge fan of the podcast. Thanks. 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 I just wanted to tell you a story about me telling my roommate about the episodes on period stories slash the vagina blog. Are you guys just in love with the vagina blog? Because I am. All right. To preface this, my roommate is pretty sheepish about private parts. We are all learning together about the correct names for anatomy. LOL. Sex ed in public school really failed us. And I was talking to her about this week's episode about lady part horror stories. And I told her, you may be a little uncomfy with this episode because it's a collection of stories about vulvas. This was a new word for me too. I love that you use the correct anatomy name though. And anyway, she goes on to which she responded like the car. She thought I was talking about Volvos, like the brand of car. Definitely not the same thing. My roommates died laughing, and I have not stopped thinking about it since. Driving a Volvo has become our new favorite euphemism. Anyway, thank you so much for the content, making my Mondays more enjoyable. First of all, thanks. That's really nice of you. And also, all right, Volvas and Volvos, they have similarities. You got to learn to drive both. You got to get regular oil changes. 
you got to vacuum the upholstery and you can't allow backseat drivers. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Next up, my elementary school had a song that we would sing at every event or assembly. I thought the words were, here are three cheers for our school. Here's where we practice, snuggled, and ruled. I screamed this song loud and proud, and I never really questioned the snuggled and ruled lyric. It made enough sense to me. It wasn't until my junior year of high school that I found out the real words were, here are three cheers for our school. Here's where we practice the golden rule. I found out at a birthday party with a bunch of my elementary school friends when we started reminiscing and singing the song. They heard my version and they were like, WTF? Finding out the real words rocked my world a little. Yeah, they definitely make more sense, but I still prefer my version. I actually, I don't think I ever learned, I went to two different high schools and I don't think I ever learned the high school that I graduated from their like theme song. Is that what it's called? What's it called? Like school song. I, I never, ever learned that. I don't have a lot of school pride. I didn't find myself on the spirit squad, if you will. But also, it's my 10-year high school reunion this this year. And maybe I'll go. It's not likely. It's it's not looking good. Uh, if you're listening to this and we went to high school together, uh, just count me out. Just go ahead and uh, let let the class president know that I will not I will not be attending. The only people who really want to go to high school reunions are either super in shape, super rich, or they're just not over their high school boyfriend. Those are the only people who go. All right, next, Dum Dum Club. One time my husband and I were talking about old songs from high school and the song My Heart's a Stereo by Maroon 5 came up. He said something about being it being such a dirty song and how he couldn't believe we just sang along with it in high school. I was confused because I was going through the lyrics in my head and there really isn't anything dirty in it. I asked him what he meant and he said, you know, the part where it says, the smell of D was meant for you instead of this melody was meant for you. Of all of the lyrics I've heard in my life, of all of the the dirty, dirty songs that I have heard, somehow the smell of D might be the most upsetting. Also, I mean, what a what a horrible thing to designate for the person in your life. The smell of D was meant for you? That's like the worst gift you could ever give someone. Next. You know the country band Rascal Flats? I do. I do know the country band Rascal Flats. Up until recently, I always thought Rascal Flats was the name of the lead singer and he just had backup singers. Did not know that it was the band name. If you're curious, the singer's real name is Gary Lavox. Just doesn't hit the same. Let me back you up on this one because Rascal Flats is just as believable of a name as like Dirks Bentley or like Trace Adkins, Kenny Chesney. They all sound like boot companies. Also, you know what? I feel like I should bill Rascal Flats for all of the middle school relationship trauma they caused. God bless the broken road. Who gave me the right to apply that to my love life at the age of 12? I had a boyfriend in eighth grade and it was, you know, the type of boyfriend where you like schedule hugs you know, like, are we going to hug after third period? And then you like barely touch each other's arms. And then you're like, you're a really good hugger. Like we would meet after third period and like avoid hugging each other. And I would literally listen to God bless the broken road. And I would relate our relationship to that. Thanks a lot, 
Gary Lavox. Thanks for absolutely nothing. Next. So my husband and I were going out with friends to a place that has pizza and tap room in the name. He was kind of reluctant about going, which is unusual for him, but I kind of shrugged it off. The day comes and he says, so do we have to provide our own tap shoes or can we rent them there? He thought we were going tap dancing and I love that he still was going to go. I love that he didn't even fight you on it. Uh, She goes on. My husband is a brilliant engineer. He drives past this place every day. He says he always thought pizza and tap dancing was a weird combination, but whatever, I guess. Pizza and tap beer made him much more excited to go. First of all, I love this. Great business model. If people have made businesses out of roller skating, I feel like tap dancing, I feel like tap dancing's next. Also, nothing tickles me quite like a tap dancing routine. Is it too late in life for me to start? My feet are dexterous. I got bunion surgery, and I think that I'm geared up and ready to go. So I also really wanted to learn how to Irish step dance. They feel they feel similar. So um, if there's like a lesson I can take somewhere, please let me know. (laughs) Okay, next. When I was very young, I learned that all boys have peanuts and girls have chinas. Not too far off. I mean, that's not that's not that far off. Anyway, as I got older, I learned more about the world and I was horrified to learn there was an actual country named China. Who let this happen? I was uncomfortable and giggly every time this country was brought up. It wasn't until I was in high school health class that I learned I was very, very wrong. I have felt eternal shame ever since and slightly resentful that the adult women in my life misled me so. Who was not failed by public education sex ed? Was it uh, was it helpful at all? It feels counterproductive. It feels like it actually ruined quite a few of us. And yeah, if you're curious if I'm in favor of comprehensive sex ed, you can bet your bottom dollar that I am. The vagina blog actually since we were talking about her earlier, I think I saw it on her Instagram that she like teaches maturation, but it's like actually helpful. Might be something to check out if you have kids. Okay, let's talk about this though. Don't feel bad about that. Don't feel bad about that. It does seem realistic because a country named after a female anatomy is not the craziest thing in the world. NASA named a planet Uranus and they just gave us that information. They just said, let's name it Uranus and send that to a bunch of elementary school students. What was that all about? So... It's not the weirdest thing that could have happened. Okay, she says, this is not a lifelong realization, but I felt dum-dum nonetheless. I thought up until yesterday that in Justin Bieber's new song, Peaches, he was saying, I get my wheat in California. I was confused because I'd never heard of Cali wheat before. I thought maybe it's a Hollywood thing. Like Biebs is up in the kitchen baking bread and cookies, but exclusively with local California wheat. (laughs) Nope. He said weed, which makes way more sense. You guys, this was submitted more than once. Less than five, but more than once. And on more than one of the submissions, they thought it was about making peach pie. They thought it was about making a peach dessert. Like I get my peaches out in Georgia, I get my wheat in California, and and we bake in my kitchen. That's that's what what a lot of you thought was going on. I guarantee that there's somebody out there listening that says, oh yeah, I also thought it was wheat. 
Okay, so there's our Dumb Dumb Club check-in. And next, I want to talk about something kind of random, but it's been on my mind a lot. And it's also, I am asked about this all the time. I'm asked about adult female friendships because they're hard, they're weird, we're all trying to figure them out. And I just I just have a few I have a few thoughts on it. So I want to I want to share it with you guys. So yeah, like I said, by far my most asked about topic, how do you find friends? How do you maintain friendships? How do you break off friendships, etc. So let's talk about making friends. I've said this once and I'll say it again. Instagram has been like my gateway to most of my friendships in my adult years. And we, we have friendship at our fingertips with it. I just think it's such a great way to find girls that you want to hang out with. And here's the thing about Instagram. Everybody looks 10 times more intimidating than they actually are. I am very, very intimidated by cool girl energy. I don't have that. I don't have cool girl energy. I don't thrift. I don't wear tiny sunglasses. I don't own any plants. I hate yoga. I really only know one song by the Arctic Monkeys. However... I have had the pleasure of meeting these girls with cool girl energy in real life. And guess what? They still like garlic bread. They still like Legally Blonde. Don't let an online aesthetic make you think that you want to be friends because chances are at our core, we're, we're all very, we're all very similar. So, but I have had to kind of break my comfort zone before and be like, do you want to hang out? Do you want to hang out with me? And when they say yes, I feel so flattered. And then we meet in real life and they're just, they've got cool vibes. They're into the same stuff as me. I just, I think it's worth a shot. If you see a girl on Instagram and you're like, you know what? She seems, she seems intimidating, but I feel like we would vibe, then it's probably worth a shot. Another way to meet people is friends of friends, like plan a girl's night, plan a girl's night where you invite one person, they invite one person and she invites another person, just four people easy peasy, a few hours of your life, at least you go to dinner and get a meal. But chances are, if you like the same people, you guys will all get along. And I I love oh, a girl's dinner. Get out of town. Get out of town. What is a bigger serotonin boost? I just think that everybody, everybody needs a, a woman in their life. Whether you are a woman or a man, wherever you're at, everybody needs like a strong female connection in their life. So I like, especially as I've gotten older, I I've talked about this before, but you know, I used to be, I used to be like a pick me girl. You know, I used to be like, I only get along with guys. <laughs> Girls are just so much drama. I really did used to be like that. And it was, it was a horrible, horrible, dark, dark place I was in. I love my female friendships. They are the most fun and important relationship I have <clears throat> no offense, Matt, but they just, they have, they have lifted me out of some creative ruts, out of emotional ruts, out of everything I've been able to rely on, which, and most of them I've met later in life. Like I still have friends that I've known my whole life. Of course, my best friend, Kylie, we've known each other since we were, I don't know, 12, 13. And we're still close. But now, later on in my 20s, I've met a lot of women that I'm like, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna be friends forever. So I just think that it's worth pursuing because female friendships are are the best. You know, female friendships that uplift you, not not catty, judgy female friendships, which we will we will talk about all of that. So maintaining friendships as an adult. Here's here's my thing. I I'm a low maintenance friend. I love the friendships that go months without talking and can pick right back up. I don't do super well with friendships that need daily upkeep. Now that I'm, especially now that I'm married, 
I had friendships that dropped off the minute I got married because those were friends that needed from me what was an exhausting amount of reassurance and attention. And obviously, that does not mean that being married means you can't maintain friendships. But it was just it was an expectation that I couldn't meet in that friendship. And it's a it's a good thing. And it's also hard to come to terms with the fact that you might not be the type of friend that somebody needs. That's like a real blow to your ego. But but it is true. Sometimes you aren't able to give what somebody might need. It's just like in a romantic relationship. If you can't give what they need, then it's not fair to them. So when friendships like in in my like life, when friendships rely heavily on a lot of quality time together, a lot of, you know, like sleepovers or FaceTimes or like if they need that consistently or constantly or every single day, it's hard for me to give that to them. I I had friends or I had a friend that said, you know, I feel like I've been put on the back burner since you got married. And I wanted to be like, well, you, you did because I got married. Not only is that now my most important relationship, but it's also a major life change. And I don't have a bunch of free time like I did when I was single. I'm not living on my own or with roommates. I have a husband. This is our space. It's just, it's different. And I wanted to maintain the friendship and I wanted to see each other when possible, talk when we could, but it was just something I couldn't give full-time attention to, which is what that friendship needed. I think that as, as adults, you have to recognize that everyone's circumstances are so vastly different and you can't put expectations on people just because it's what you think you would do. I've heard people say it before, like, my best friend had a baby and now we aren't as close. But that's okay. You can't put what you would do in a situation on that person because her life circumstances are completely different than yours, especially things as wor- as world-changing as having a baby. That's when your role becomes that of just a support you just need to be there for her because the minute that somebody is going through something like they just gave birth and they're adjusting to all of that and you become the friend that shames her for that or you become the victim and you tell her how awful you feel because her baby changed things, that is like the kiss of death for a friendship, at, at least for me. If I had a friend do that, I, I would likely not continue that friendship because I I truly guys, I truly, I I don't have any time or room or emotional bandwidth for any relationship that does not absolutely delight me. It is not worth it for me to force a friendship with somebody that doesn't make me feel good. Like that is going to offer shame and judgment. No thanks. Like unsubscribe. Because especially this last year, this last year has been the year of the most change for me by far. And with change comes a lot of insecurity, a lot of things I'm unsure of. I'm unsure of pretty much everything. And because of that, like I have to be sur- I I have to only have friendships that are full of like support and love and happiness because I can't I can't have any type of judgment or passive aggressiveness or disapproval. It would it would break me. It would break me. And if that's what somebody's bringing to a friendship, it's just not the one for me. And to be honest, I feel like it's a pretty good standard for friendships. If you don't bring goodness into my life, if you're only going to accept and love me conditionally, then it's breakup time. And hopefully this is obvious, but that doesn't mean I have to agree with my friends or they have to agree with me on everything. No, no, no. Rarely do 
I agree 100% with somebody on everything. I don't even agree with Matt 100% on everything. So it's not about like, do they agree with every single thing that I've ever done? But it's that I know that our relationship's purpose is to just validate, lift, encourage, celebrate. My very closest friends right now, every single thing they do fills me with pride. Business ventures, we're celebrating. Finish your laundry, we're going to dinner. And that's exactly how I feel about them. And I I want to be that person in my friends' lives because I wasn't always that person in my friends' lives. I spent a lot of years, a lot of years being much more judgmental than I ever care to admit. I look back on times where friends came to me with a problem and instead of support, I offered like harsh judgment and nothing gives me anxious diarrhea quicker than the fact that I did that. Like up until I was like 23, 24, I genuinely thought I had it all figured out. I thought that my choices were the best possible choices and anyone who chose differently, well, they must not be as smart as me. And like I said, this last year has changed me the most and I hope that I I want to be described in one way. And I hope it's that people think that I'm open-minded because I want to understand everybody's life choices, even if they aren't the ones that I choose. I want my friends to be able to come to me and say, I'm going to do this and have me be genuinely, sincerely joyful that that's what they're doing. Like a new goal, a life change, a business idea. I want to be the friendship that's, that's full of joy. Because of that, that's what I want from my friends. I don't want to be the only one bringing that to the table. So that's that's kind of like my golden rule of friendships, my snuggled and ruled of <laughs> friendships. So let's talk about when it's time to end friendships. Like I said earlier, I, I have a very low tolerance for for BS in my friendships. Okay, if you guys haven't watched Pen15, please do so because it's two comedians in their 30s but they play themselves in middle school. And when they were asked why they did this instead of casting younger people, like all their all their co-stars are like kids. They're like 12 and 13. When they were asked this, they said something along the lines of, it's because that time in our life was so formative that sometimes it feels like we're still in it. Like no matter how old you get, those middle and high school experiences are still making you who you are today. And the reason I bring this up is because I feel this way with friendships. Being left out of something in your late 20s feels the exact same as feeling left out when you were 14. Breaking up with a friend feels the same as it did then. And there's no good way to break up with them. The The lucky part of it feeling that way is that hopefully in our late 20s, we've developed better communication skills. And depending on your relationship with that person, and especially what happened to make you feel like it's time to leave, that determines how you break up. Maybe maybe it's a fizzle. Maybe nothing serious happened. Life moved on. You don't talk anymore. That's the best one. That's the ideal one. But then obviously, there are times where something hurtful or horrible happens, and you do have to set a firm boundary with that person and talk to them and tell them that you can no longer be friends. And then there's like the absolute mess of when you're related to your friend, like maybe it's an in-law or a cousin or something. Those are all less ideal, but, but let's avoid hurting each other. And I stand firmly on the have the conversation thing. There's always going to be a way to talk through it. If marriage has taught me anything, it's that you can, you can talk it out. You can. So I just, I just think it's always a safe bet to, to have the conversation. I don't, 
I don't like passive aggressiveness. I don't like awkward situations. I would rather sit down and say, what's going on? Let me hear you out. Tell me how you're feeling. I'm going to tell you how I'm feeling. Let's come to a conclusion. Maybe that conclusion is that we we shouldn't continue the friendship. Maybe we just shouldn't be as close. Maybe we shouldn't spend as much time together. When I don't have those conversations, when I let it sit, it's just like a recipe for shame and anxiety and panic. I I don't hold things in very well. That's a personality thing. I, I know that a lot of people do better to just kind of keep it inside, decompress, figure it out. But in my experience, the times that I've let it linger and just kind of marinate in there, it's never it's never ended the way that I thought it would. So a friendship that makes you feel bad is a lot worse than no friendship at all having friends that that bring like, and I hesitate to even say negativity, because you guys know I like a healthy dose of negativity. But friends who bring in the, you know, the big ones, shame, embarrassment, judgment, anger, all of those things, those are the things that you can definitely do without. I would rather have no friends at all than only have friends who make me feel bad. The part that gives that gives me hope is that some of the best friendships are formed as adults because you're a more complete person. You're better at stuff. You're better at relationships. You're better at knowing yourself and knowing who you want to be around. And I think that makes friendship stronger. I think that's why I've been able to find women in my late 20s who I know that I will be friends with because I'm a more complete person now than I was when I was 16. There's kind of my friendship rant. I just... I just think female friendships are really important and they determine a lot about our lives. I have learned the most from, you know, in my business even by the women who I'm surrounded by. So that felt good. That felt good to talk about. I'm glad that you guys are here. I'm glad that I do feel, I really do feel like a friendship with you guys because the fact that you're here and listening to me makes me feel like we would be friends. That That is really, really magical. So I hope you feel that way about me. I hope you feel like I'm your friend. I hope you feel like I'm your weird internet friend because that's a great role to play. So I hope you all have a wonderful week. Remember to subscribe, rate, review. Also remember that this week is the last week of Patreon. So there will be one more Patreon episode. The episodes will still be available through May, I believe. And uh, like the people who are already a part of Patreon, they will be available through May. And then I think that they're available. I don't know. I'm going to have to talk to the Patreon support people. But all right. I think that's everything I have. I hope you guys have a lovely, lovely week. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye. (laughs) 